Podcast. This is where we talk about movies, shows, games, and whatever the heck we want. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchors, and YouTube. And I am joined by my good friend John, and I am Chris. We are your co-hosts for the day. John, how you doing? Man, I'm good. This is later than we normally record. I'm hanging in there. It's going to be a good one. That's all right. Sleep is for the dead, as they say. So we're just rock and roll. And don't worry, John, I'll keep the energy up for you. Uh, send you send you some hurricanes or something to liven up your day. Please don't. Please take them all. <laughs> I think we're right now in Florida, we're getting like a band of like a tropical storm. I haven't looked at it. It's just been very rainy the past few days. And then like, I think a tropical storm just formed like in the Atlantic and like the Florida's directly in the cone. I'm like, cool. Cool, 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 cool. It's going to be a good one. for that. Oh, yeah. At least we have, like, super advanced warning for this, because, like, as long as Floridians have warnings, we are like cockroaches, man. You know, nuclear bomb us, whatever. We're going to survive. That, that's fair. That's very apt. Yes, very, very apt in that. Uh, but uh, today, John, we're going to talk about a few things in the entertainment industry, but more importantly, close, near and dear to my heart, we're going to talk about gaming we're going to talk about PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X and how the console war is shaping up because this has been something I've been following. Uh, I know you don't follow too much of the console gaming unless it has to do with the Nintendo Switch. Is that right? Correct. Yeah, so uh, I have, uh, from my credentials, I've always played Sony. I've always played a PlayStation. I never had a PlayStation 1, but I had a PlayStation 2. Got a launch playstation 3 got uh, a playstation 4 special edition uh battlefront version so i got a big uh darth vader on the side of mine and i yeah i'm, I'm excited about playstation 5 and i have nothing against xbox it's just another games really speak to me i never was into halo and i remember i played halo uh one time at school like we had like a pretty chill day one day and someone brought in their xbox and we played on like a school television and I just wasn't very good at it, and I was just like, eh, not for me, I guess. And so I don't care too much about Microsoft products unless it's on the computer, then I will go for it. But, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about, you know, some of the things going on. So you ready to dive into it, John? Let's do it, man. I'm ready. All right. I'm ready. I'm ready. So uh, basically, if you don't know what's going on in gaming, one of the more important things is that uh, this is a launch year for Sony and and microsoft to come out with new consoles and this is going to be the fifth generation basically for playstation and this is the next gen and uh we're going from playstation 4 to playstation 5 and we're going from xbox one to xbox series x kind of getting an apple vibe with that one. Oh yeah yeah I, and so the interesting thing is that they both came out with their they both came out with their announcements of games. Uh, Sony's came out in June. Xbox did one in May, but then it got lukewarm reception. And that was like third parties. And a, and they were like, ooh, it didn't go too well. So then they did one in July, which was much better. And the big thing was, hey, Halo Infinite's coming out. And they're like, get excited. Until last week, John. We were all excited. For the console war, everyone was like, just like, hey, this is going to be great. There's good competition. There's games on each side. Woo. You know, Xbox Series X has a lot to live up to because Xbox One didn't do that well at launch because there was a DRM attached to owning games. And Sony was like, hey, if you want to share games, you just give your friend the disc and that's it. And people ran with that wild. And Xbox One basically like was a limp noodle at the start and never really recovered. So that's why Sony, you know, if you know anything about consoles, Sony has done so well this generation, these past, what has it been, seven years, has done really well. And so between these two console makers, the big thing that happened last week is that Halo Infinite was basically delayed to 2021. <laughs> Yeah, they're not gonna they're not gonna um, push it out at launch, which is crazy. Yeah, 
It's it's pretty nuts. And, you know, I'm going to get into it asking you more questions, but another article, it's just like the punches don't stop, basically, what happens to Microsoft. But then, you know, they came out with a statement being like, you know, this is just the TLDR, basically saying like, hey, you know, we didn't like the way the product looked and we don't want to get ship out a bad product. You know, COVID-19 and other factors have uh, led to this and we would rather put out a good game. So it will not be coming out at launch and yeah that was what they stuck with and then what dropped a couple of days ago was a website thorough which is it's in its tagline it's the the home for tech enthusiasts news reviews and anal- uh, analysis and the title says a closer look at halo infinite's turbulent journey and this is coming to us from brad sims and also the tldr of this uh article that is written in thorough is basically saying that like xbox development of halo infinite has been pretty and it's not just because of covid they've had a lot of outsourcing which a lot of games these days do do outsourcing things for like they're outsourcing their trailer or certain design features but like mass effect andromeda did which was a terrible failure several years ago that because that's when outsourcing was really a big deal but uh there's like one source that they're referencing in this article saying that yeah the outsourcing is a little bit higher than normal and it's interfered with schedules and they also mentioned that you know the creative director for for halo infinite was sacked last august and that's like a year before your game is supposed to come out so they lost tim longo creative director for halo infinite and they were replaced by mary olsen and then Mary Olsen was like left a month later. So, you know, it's turbulent at 343 Industries or 34 I think it's 343 Industries, the studio that is doing Halo Infinite. Yeah. And they put out a statement saying there's no creative dilemma inside the studio. I don't know much by that with that story, but <laughs> there is no war in Bossing Say. There's no, <laughs> There's no war in Bossing Say. No need for uh, <laughs> Avatar help. We're good. Uh, so this was one of the this is one of the things in the article that's also like, oh yeah, that's pretty big. And also the article claims that another source is saying that the Halo TV show is taking up a lot of time from management and at three four three Industries. So they haven't really been glued to the Halo Infinite launch title for the Xbox Series X, which is probably their major their biggest first first party title so given all that information that dropped a couple days ago and uh what's been going on in the background for the launches of these consoles i'm curious to ask you john in the gaming space you both you and i own nintendo switches Mm -hmm. uh so you know tell people also what else is your gaming credential but also i want to know uh, as we get closer, like, how is this Halo debacle going to affect the launch of the next generation? I mean, if you're a major console, you would think that attaching a major tentpole game with the launch of your newest uh, gaming platform would be a pretty high priority. And especially if they're coming out with a, with a Halo TV show, then... If you have both of those things come out around the same time, I mean, do you happen to know when the TV show was supposed to air? Have uh, they announced that yet? I, know I don't know when it's supposed to air, but I know that it's in production f- with uh, Showtime. Okay. So maybe we might see boobs or dong. I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, you. I guess it would depend on how, how closely tied in the TV show is and with potentially with the game or if, if it's more of like an introduction to the Halo world and obviously this is a bit more of a continuation i don't know man like you it's just about streamlining the whole process and if if you've got creative slip-ups on one end there's a a strong indication that it's going to happen with the tv show too and that the whole xbox launch is not going to go as well as they had intended it to go it just doesn't seem like they've really been able to stick the landing with a lot of these major platforms um i mean the 360 i think was probably their strongest introduction far, yeah yeah but ever since then they just have not been making um or been making the mark for any of this stuff um i don't know man like it i just don't think it bodes well if if their major 
tentpole game isn't able to lock down multiple creative directors. Um, I don't think it speaks well for that game, which if that's their A-list game or one of them, that doesn't speak well for Microsoft as a whole. Um, so I, I, I'm sure at least it's going to um, leave uh, leave some people with their confidence maybe not as high as it probably should be in the system. Yeah, and you bring up a good point that I definitely agree with, which is the point that like it needs to be streamlined. And, you know, uh, I think in this discussion about like how f- how big of a hit Halo Infinite is, it's a huge hit, you know, for a launch title game. Nonetheless, like also like Sony is coming out with with uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales, uh, which the Spider-Man made by Insomniac Studios about two two years ago was like a great game, fantastic. People loved it, sold a lot of units for PlayStation. And now they're coming up with the spin-off Miles Morales and it's going to be a launch title for the PlayStation 5. Like that's their tentpole game and they've got more behind it and you know, the big thing is games. Games sell a lot, but Xbox is taking a different strategy of being like uh the Netflix of of the games industry with Game Pass which is pretty nuts where it's like, Hey, if you pay like 15 bucks a month, you could try game for, you could play a game for a whole month for free, which is pretty nuts. Like, and they buy out studios to do this deal. It's like, Hey, we're going to put your game on game pass. Here's a lump sum of money. And you're going to put it on our service, which I think is really great. But you know, for me, I like to put like, I like to own stuff and I'm curious for you someone who's a little bit more casual and does have a bunch of streaming services uh except for disney plus the ultimate streaming service (laughs) i have to ask you uh does something like that like game pass appeal to you yeah well so first of all is is game pass with xbox or is it with um uh um playstation xbox it is is. xbox and it's on the and it's on pc okay so that that whole concept to me is pretty interesting. I mean, I I don't know, like for whatever reason, just mentally, if I I think I, I think there's just this whole idea with streaming services where if you have a low monthly fee, you're willing to invest in that rather than buy like okay, let's think of it this way. So I pay for Netflix every single month. But I, I've always just gone back, and if if my wife and I are bored, we'll go back and rewatch The Office. So rather than investing in like the DVD box sets of The Office, we would just go back and rewatch that on Netflix for convenience sake. But we've probably put in enough into Netflix to where we would have paid for um, the box box sets for The Office already. Um, and for me, it's kind of the same idea with with the Game Pass where you're putting in this monthly fee that seems mentally lower than paying for a $60 game, even if you pay more, like, in four months, for 15 bucks a month, four months you've already paid for a game. I want to cut in real quick. I was wrong. It's not 15 bucks a month. I just shot that out there. It's okay. $9.99, so it's basically $10 oh a month. That's crazy, man. Okay, so yeah, in, in six months, you would have already paid for a major tentpole game. Um, and, and that's not even to say like that you get to keep it, uh, like you're, you're just basically renting it for that period of time. And then you have yes. to let go of the memory whenever you, you stop paying for the service. Um, but for whatever reason, man, I, I think there's this, I, this, there's this mentality with streaming where even if you pay for, for a service for a longer period of time, it seems like it's cheaper in the short term to pay for it, to pay less money for it monthly. Um, so I think that this whole concept for Game Passes is really interesting, and it's probably going to help newer gamers buy into um, buy into the, like Xbox Xbox in general, um, rather than telling somebody to commit one hundred and twenty dollars to just two games, where you could tell them, hey, for one hundred twenty bucks a year, you can play whatever games on this system you want. Hmm. I never thought of it that way for someone who's new to gaming. So like, let's say a little kid uh, who gets his first console and, you know, maybe the parent is savvy and savvy enough to figure this out. Like, so if I get this service, like 
then they can play as much games as they want. They have this service. It's fine. I'm only paying. I, I don't have to dish out $60 for a game every now and then. I just pay $10 a month. Like, you're already doing that for a bunch of stuff, which you also do have to pay for Xbox Live, which gives you the internet, the online services, which is another $10. But, you know, that's for multiplayer games. Uh, but whatever. So... You know, I definitely see I I definitely see the point you make there for new gamers. But for someone like me who's really for people who are bought into a system, uh I, I love the idea of Game Pass, don't get me wrong, I think it's great. However, for me, I'm very picky with my games and I cycle through them. Mm-hmm. So like maybe I'll pick up like Skyrim for a whole month and play it, and then I'll drop it and then play like Pokemon for like a, a month or maybe I'll drop it and play something like a Yu-Gi-Oh card game on my PC, or maybe I'll play Star Wars The Old Republic, or maybe I'll play Battlefront, and it goes from like two weeks to three weeks to four week cycles and Minecraft, things like that. But I do come back, I do come back to my games. So I guess the weird thing is like, for me, the unknown of, of Game Pass is that, oh, I've got Game Pass, and they got a new game coming out, Halo Infinite. Let me play, play through Halo Infinite. Oh my gosh, that was so cool. And then, you know, I cycle through my games and then seven months later, I'm like, I want to play Halo Infinite online. And I'm like, oh, wait, I don't have the game because now I have to purchase the game because it's no longer on Xbox, Xbox Game Pass. Jeez, that's hard to say real fast. <laughs> Xbox Game Pass. It's like, uh, uh, say it real fast, John. Uh, I don't think I can. OK, there we go. But uh, that's my issue with it. But I do have a question for you. Uh, because Sony seems to, they delayed one game that I wasn't really crazy about, but they, they have a bunch of slated games, but their big one coming out is Spider-Man Miles Morales. And these games are coming out for holiday this year, holiday 2020. And I'm curious if you think that because we're missing a Halo Infinite, that Sony is once again going to take a huge lead and crush Xbox in the dust. I mean, they've by by making one of their major temple games a uh, a, a like a offshoot of that spider-man game they've already got name recognition along with it they mm-hmm. have a certain level of quality that people like it, it's basically becoming ingrained in pop culture not just gaming communities um, like everybody understands that the spider-man game was super high quality it reinvented the game for a lot of uh the types of like the world building that you could do with it even even you knew about it and you don't game exactly um it there were it there were like memes of it coming up everywhere it was just this widely talked about game that everybody is now familiar with so now doing something um uh like as a continuation of that type of model they're already going to start off strong and if if xbox can't present just as strong of an idea for a better deal um, then people are going to flock to, to PlayStation because they know what kind of quality they're going to get. Whereas Xbox, there seems like there's more of an unknown. Um, so I, if it were me and I, I was willing to invest in a brand new system, um, <laughs> that's the keyword there. If I was willing to, then you've already, you've already got the best system out there on the market right now. I would say definitely the most versatile. Um, you know how hard it is to get a Nintendo switch right now. i had a friend i had a friend who's been trying who's been looking at it at like best buy showing up like every week uh or every couple of days and there was one available and he he had to talk to his wife before he got it and he and then she's like we'll talk about it and then he's like that 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 nintendo switch is totally gone by the time we have this discussion it's just so crazy nintendo switches have been selling out nintendo's been cleaning up with this pandemic which is great for nintendo but yeah well yeah and then just as like a quick little side note they're doing so well because they're geared toward towards families and those are the types of people that were stuck indoors for indoors for so long were (laughs) were these groups of families that had to entertain each other somehow so yeah of course i mean like my little sister is still trying to find one after months of being uh in inside uh and yeah like everybody's still in the same same position there mm. um so I, I don't know man like as far as as far as this goes the only way i see xbox having a stronger opening is if if they are able to market game pass really really well 
and have all of their major temple games on there right off the bat because you can't you can't commit to a soft opening with with something like that in hopes of beating out your biggest rival um because this is the biggest way they're going to differentiate themselves in the streaming wars is is giving like the netflix of gaming essentially and i know that there's Mm. there's steam there's all there's already other things for pc gaming but for console gaming like this this is something that's relatively new um so they need to have a really strong opening with game pass um have all of their major games on there because if you just have the little b and c lister games uh and while all while trying to save your tentpole games for um like hard purchases it's not going to do very well you need to have this be really marketable really strong um you need to really pour a lot of time and energy into this um this facet of it and i think that's at this point you're not going to beat playstation on quality you need to beat them with a different aspect of the market yeah and that's definitely their different strategy i will say i'll let you know that game pass has been out for a while but um it's been out on the xbox uh the xbox one dang it i hate that i think that <laughs> they the names for this stuff is is annoying it's kind of like the wii and the wii u it's like why would you do that like why don't you put like the wii 2 why put the wii u like put wii 2 or something like that like the going from xbox 360 to xbox one to now xbox series x is so freaking confusing me like playstation is so easy PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5. Like, a grandma can decipher that. And that's the, also the big thing that I think is going to screw up uh, Xbox at the end of the day is is that is when grandma and grandpa are going shopping for little Timmy. And they're like, oh, we'll get the Xbox uh, Series X for him. And they're like, but the Xbox One is cheaper. And it has this thing called Game Pass. Let's get him Xbox, <laughs> the Xbox One. Which they did discontinue, like, some of the Xbox Ones, but they're leaving one still out there, which, like, grandparents are going to know, like, there's a difference there. Like, if they see, like, oh, you know, Timmy, we saw PlayStation 4 is cheaper, but then we saw this big thing all over the place, PlayStation 5, it's like, that makes more sense. Four, like, five is better than four, you know, marketing. Yeah, yeah, it's like the whole Windows series of numbering things and that just was all over the place but um no yeah you're right like just it's very they need to have very clear and concise marketing especially if they're going for a holiday release when everybody is going to be doing a lot more online shopping there's gonna be people who are not as familiar with with online shopping and these types of products trying to find something for family members who are bored stuck in the house um it's definitely going to be a very different holiday purchasing season than we've ever seen before oh that's a good point with like with covid god forbid it continues in the holidays but you never know uh (laughs) with the way it's going you know florida the cases are going down it's the first time it's like under five thousand, but it's like we are getting close to labor day and i swear i swear if like hundreds of people, thousands of people go to the beach and screw this up again, I I just I want to visit. I had made homemade ramen today at home and it was great, <laughs> but I want to go out to a little place that's got like a Zen garden and eat the ramen there. You know, I can't make dumplings homemade. I don't know how to. Maybe we can do that by the time Halo Infinite releases. <laughs> yeah, twenty twenty one. Uh. But anyways, so that's our discussion about games. I thought it'd be interesting to talk about because it's a space that I'm really passionate in looking at. I find it fascinating. I think the marketing for it. And I also think that while there are a lot of hardcore gamers that look at this, I also look at the general audience of people who game like, you know, like, oh, man, you know, you a dude who's in college. You're like, man, I love uh, what is it? MLB, the show. I love uh i love you know nba i love madden 2k you know all these sports game where you're very casual with what you are what does this mean to that person who's the general like the people who get a console but don't do like the stylized playthrough the playthroughs of games not like call of duty not like halo but i'm talking like oh like a game like ghost of tsushima or a game and none of this makes sense to you 
perhaps, but Ghost of Tsushima, God of War, Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, yeah, I know all these games, man. <laughs> I know all of the games. I just haven't played them. Exactly. These are like first party titles for for Sony or, you know, you talk about Gears of War in uh, these games like Grounded. That's like a Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, but it's like a it's like a four player co a four player co op game where you have to survive. It's a survival game that just came out like a month ago, so or less than a month ago. So there's like a lot of games that I don't think like a huge general audience are like, oh, I want to play that. So now I'm always so curious about that. So it'll be interesting to see how it comes up in the winter. But uh, unless Sony drops the ball with like a game like a like if so if miles morales gets delayed then i think the the it's open season it's anyone's game but i clearly in my mind right now sony is winning holiday 2020 oh yeah no i i definitely agree unless xbox somehow comes out 300 dollars cheaper and <laughs> just markets it to easily be accessible and it's affordable with people because people are going to be on tighter budgets too. That's the thing. Like you can have the best gaming system in the world, but if it's going to be a thousand dollars, you're going to really struggle to find a wide audience for it. I mean, you're always going to have people that are like really committed to it and will buy it no matter what. Um, But for people just getting into this, the gaming systems, they're probably going to go older generation just to get into it. And they're not, they're not going to commit to a brand new, $800 $800 gaming console. Yeah. Did you see that leaked price? Is that what you're saying? Like 800 or a thousand? Well, yeah, like I, I didn't really find any great sources on it, but there's a, a rumor that it's, they're both going to be around five ninety nine, um, which is still, I, I think, I think that's going to be too high going into this holiday season. Yeah. I mean, that happened to PlayStation when the PlayStation three came out, it came out at five ninety nine, and they're like, and they're like, F you consumers. Like, we did it with PS2. We made the highest selling console of all time, $5.99. And people were like, uh, nope, except for me. Um, I did get that PS3. It was great. Um, and then it blew up. And then I bought a, a new one where its motherboard didn't explode. And yeah, <laughs> you know, that's I still have the old one if I ever want to get the motherboard fixed. But it is what it is. Uh, but anyways, you know, I think you brought up. I don't believe I think the the price like five ninety nine is closer. I personally think it's gonna be in the five hundred first PlayStation four and then Sony or then Microsoft's gonna like price Xbox at like four fifty or four hundred dollars to just say F U to Sony. Cause that's what they're gonna try yeah. and do. That's why we haven't gotten a price yet, because both of them are waiting to see who goes first. But I do I'm just playing chicken with our wallets. <laughs> chicken with your wallets. I think you had a really great idea that should not get glossed over, which is when the if they do a deal for Game Pass, where it's like, hey, we've got all the heavy hitters for for Microsoft. We've got a uh, flight simulator on the Xbox Series X. We've got uh, you can't do Halo anymore. We've got Gears of War. We've got all these other Microsoft games that I don't really know much about because I think their ecosystem is very small on launch day for the Xbox uh, Series X. Like they could do something like that where Game Pass is nuts for if you have uh, a Series X. They could do something like that. It's just like we've got all these games and they're going to be on there for like three months. Like you like uh, you you like Halo one, two, three, four combat evolved uh, Halo five. Do you like a Halo? uh uh, reach like all of that is on there go get game pass like that's the only way i really see it working out for him so i think you had a good idea let's continue john and go to the new star wars holiday special john it's good to be a star wars fan in my mind because not only are we getting a holiday special which might scare some people who are able to see it i have not seen it yet but i've seen clips but we are getting it in the Lego version, arguably the best version of Star Wars. And I am I mean, so excited. John, what is your hype level for the Lego holiday special? I think anybody who knows anything about Star Wars and sees a Star Wars holiday special already gets a little twitchy. Um, 
and a little concerned, but I I don't know, man. Like, oh no, <sighs> oh no, you're not hyped. You're not hyped. You're worried. I'm not hyped. Oh, you know? I did mean, you like, play with the, the Lego way... games? No. <sighs> That's why. That's why you're not high. No, but I, I've heard really good things about them, so I, I believe the quality of the game will be fine. I'm just worried that with the way Episode Nine left a bad taste in my mouth, for it to be any kind of like continuation of the story, even loosely, it's just going to be the characters doing little fun little side missions or whatever, and that's fine. But for them to even like so closely. Um, associate themselves with the with the end of that franchise and how publicly it didn't really do that or critically it didn't really hmm. do that great um it's just a very interesting choice to throw all of your eggs in the one basket where there's already a rotten egg in it um oh boy so i mean i'm sure i'm sure it's going to be a good game and i'm sure people will have <laughs> you're fun calling with it, it a game it's all movie i'm sure <laughs> what it's a, it's a, oh my god it's a movie it's not a, oh my god i don't know it's a special i don't know if it's like a, that's a right. movie like but for more details like it's coming out on disney plus it's gonna air on november 17th and it takes place after you know the rise of skywalker which is your initial concerns is like you know it left a yes. bad taste in our mouths you know this isn't the best quality part of the star wars saga so why would you do this and here's a little bit of what's going on what's being said is that ray is going to go on an adventure with bb-8 to a hidden temple to learn more about the force and then somehow when they go to the temple they kind of like like have a she has like a vision and she kind of like goes through the timeline of the saga and it'll include like appearances of like you know some old jedi yoda obi-wan kenobi but also like some bad people too so like you know with the with my knowledge of playing like the playing lego star wars this is gonna for me this is a win because lego star wars originally didn't have voice acting so it was a lot of physical comedy so they would do a rehash of it of the story and there'd be like jokes and stuff like that like the ship got blew up and the all the lego scattered like in the phantom menace when that republic ship goes into the hangar of the blockade it blows up but in the lego version like the guys are still like floating in the air they look at each other and then they fall and break into a bunch of pieces so Mm -hmm. there's that comedy there's also the part of like when darth vader tells luke that he's his father and he can't say anything so he takes out like a polaroid and he's showing like like this is me and padme and you're our son it's like showing pictures and he's like and then like luke like turns his head and then he's just like no and he just falls so it's kind of like that ridiculous physical comedy that the fact that like i think that could be a saving grace to this and i i love the fact that it's like we're gonna time travel because honestly the only way to save anything uh in uh the rise of skywalker or anything after it is to literally go back to the other parts of the saga that were better and that's a smart move in my mind. <laughs> I mean, okay, so they've already introduced the whole concept of time travel through the Force and Rebels, yes. I think it is. Um, what what worries me is that they're like cementing or reintroducing these new concepts that the Force can do in a Lego movie, which doesn't really have the same weight to it that other kind of like canon material does and that's that's a little offshoot of that thought too is 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 how how canon is this going to be is this going to be like the same kind of level that the rest of the trilogy is at or is this kind of like its own little offshoot where it's just this fun little side adventure and they just happen to be time traveling to get away with throwing in all the nostalgia of um having your favorite actors come back and play these parts um, like how how much is it going to serve the story and how much is just going to be like a little gimmick because i don't what i don't want to have happen is for them to like try and reinvent the wheel in a lego movie mm. it just needs to, it needs to be gimmicky so that i know that it's it's its own little thing that it's just it's it's a fun little holiday special um that's just off on its own little world I don't. I don't want them to try and save the franchise through a Lego movie. Is I guess what my final I, thought's going to be. I. I. I sincerely. I. 
I have my doubts that it's going to be anything like serious canon. Like they're going to do like, I think it's going to be like, oh, they're in a little spot and they're not going to affect the timeline at all. They're just going to be visiting parts of the saga, you know, and I don't see anything major happening. If if anything, I don't think it's going to have a major impact on the canon uh, because was I don't was the holiday special was the life day special. That's not canon, is it? It, there were things that they've kind of alluded to in future movies um, just to kind of like throw back to it, but it, it wasn't really considered um, canon at the time. It was just kind of like a fun little B movie. We're going to make this on the real cheap, but get the three main like core characters back um, with their actual actors um, that's my expectation so no, it, of the special it's just a fun adventure that really doesn't do anything to the canon but you're gonna see a lot of stuff that's in the saga i hope the one i guess my own like little um my one hope for this that i really hope is in there is that the whole thing is a cartoon it's all lego movie style but then i want them to travel back and do like a live action clip of the actual original star wars holiday special and just i want to see like a live action clip of the life day celebration um i i don't know man like for whatever reason i just i want them i want that to be like the one live action thing that they just throw in there just for like the hardcore older fans that know what it is i so i see where your concerns are and i think why i'm hyped is because for me like lego lego does no wrong like you cannot screw up with lego and i think your your level headedness and probably anxious or not anxious but apprehensive approach to liking this thing is kind of starting to peel me back a little and be like what (laughs) is the consequence if they screw this up if they screw up a star wars lego special holiday special what happens to lucasfilm yeah like what happens to kathleen kennedy because I don't think this was Ka- this was Kathleen Kennedy's idea. I think this was John Favreau's idea. But whether oh, whether hope. it was the idea to incorporate into Legos might not have been his idea. Like maybe Kathleen's like, well, maybe we can tie it in with Legos, or maybe someone else. It doesn't have to be Kathleen Kennedy, but someone else is like, let's tie it in with Lego. But then like that creative team that was handpicked of like people who are like, yeah, we love Star Wars, and then Star Wars fans are like, but do you? <laughs> with what you made uh i i you know what now i'm starting to be a little bit worried because if they screw up lego if they screw up this holiday special with lego this is notorious for being fantastic in the game sphere oh man that'll be atrocious okay so i had to look it up because i was trying to see who was one of the people or whether it was kennedy or whether it was fabra that kind of was the push behind it um so it's tell me it's it's going to be well it's going to be like a christmas carol kind of movie um i'm just looking at the usa today article yeah and um it's going to pay homage to the original holiday special which i think is going to be so good um Mm -hmm. i don't that's the thing. Like I'm looking through here. I don't see either of their names on it. Um, I, well, John yeah. Favreau has gone on the record saying like, you know, like I didn't, he's like, says I like the, the, the holiday special. He didn't say like, Oh, I hate it. Or he didn't say he loved it. He's like, I just like, he said he, he liked things like that. You know, it adds to the, to the world building and necessarily was it a hot piece of terrible garbage? Absolutely. But like everyone knew it was a cash grab. You're looking at this like this is horrifying to watch. Like the grandpa Wookiee or the dad Wookiee is like watching some hot woman like and through a kaleidoscope. It's just like this is so bizarre. How does this make sense in Star Wars? And it doesn't. But now that we look back, it's like nostalgia. It's kind of like what we did at the prequels. We're like, oh, my gosh, the prequels suck. And now we're like, hey, good memes funny memes we like the prequels now maybe we're gonna come around with the sequels with that and be like yo the sequels they're awesome they are just so great you know maybe we will do that i'm not saying that it will happen but 
possibilities, John. <laughs> um, sorry. Other little side note. I'm I'm still looking through this. Yeah. This okay. This is kind of winning me over a little bit. Um, yeah. Yeah. So they. It's. It's. It's basically Ray trying to get back. Um, to her time to have a life day feast with her friends. Um on Kashyyyk. Mm. So it, it's the same basic style. Like the core idea is the same as the original holiday special, which is fun. Um, but it's going to be her traveling back to see younger versions of the characters we know. Um, the Lego versions of Emperor Palpatine, Vader and Kylo Ren get to hang out together. And then the heart and soul of the special is Rey's relationship with Luke, not the old Jedi master she knew, but instead the rookie rebel version from George Lucas's original movie. Ah, uh, the version um, we all know and love. It's a, it's a much different take on Teacher and Apprentice with the more seasoned Ray and a younger Luke. That that concept is kind of fun. Yeah. Um I could see that going well. Uh let's see. Definitely. There, there there's um, things there's things to be hopeful with in this. I don't like for me, I'm more hopeful than doubtful for this. Like I want just attaching the name Lego to it gives it validity. And like I said, if they screw it up, the consequences will be monumental to say the least. Yes. Yes. We will. Kathleen Kennedy would have to be forced out like the next week. So <laughs> like, how do you screw up Lego? Obviously, these are kind of <laughs> hyperboles, but like I really don't want to tempt fate to see a bad lego interpretation of star wars i don't want to tempt the fates that's why i'm saying like it's gonna it's gonna be good it's gonna be good yes i gave faith to jj and jj stabbed me in the back with the rise of skywalker dang it with with the dagger from the rise of skywalker dagger was so stupid it made no sense we could talk on hours for this we're gonna go to our next story (laughs) Kevin Hart and Will Smith to star in a, in a Planes, Trains, and Automobiles remake. And that just begs the question, John, have you seen Planes, Trains, and Automobiles? Nope. What? I know. I know, man. I I really, I, I probably should go ahead and just watch it. You're talking John Candy, Steve Martin in a comedy in one of the only holiday movies for Thanksgiving. <laughs> literally thanksgiving gets no holiday movie except for this classic with planes trains and automobiles john do you want me to tell you the premise or do you already know what it is i just explain it to me like i know nothing okay so john it's 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 the early 90s late 80s i don't know when it takes place but it's it's old it's old it's old 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 old, old. so we have two men who are across the country and Steve Martin's character has got to get he's got he's a businessman. He's in a big meeting in the Big Apple and he's he's going home to see his wife. He's got to be home in time for 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 turkey. He's got to be home in time for Thanksgiving. And so he's going to take a plane to get there to get to I think they're trying to get to Chicago. And he's at the airport and, you know, there's a big storm. It doesn't look like anything's going to happen. It sucks. And he meets John Candy. Not a businessman, not all serious, but an entrepreneur trying to sell random things to to ladies that he sees. And, you know, you didn't think these two would get paired. But John Candy's just such a nice little guy. He's trying to talk with Steve Martin. And Steve Martin just is kind of like, you know, just leave me alone, you know. And then John Candy, he gets he gets a hotel for the night or not a hotel. But he's like, hey, we can. We can get ourselves another plane ride or whatever, you know, we can get ourselves a plane ticket. And so it becomes that it's like, well, let's get let's get a different plane, you know, and then that doesn't work out. They get a hotel. Then they they take they barely take any trains. It's mostly planes and automobiles. The train happens completely at the end, but I won't spoil much for it. But it's just uh, these two basically get stuck together on the travel to get home and it's just the situations that happen to them are really funny. Like 
the people talk about that scene where John Candy is on the road driving the car while Steve Martin's asleep. They're doing a rental car and John Candy's smoking and he's driving on the wrong side of the road and he's listening to the mess around. Everybody do the mess around. Da 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 da. And he's he's having a good time. He's jamming out. He's like hitting his dashboard like it's a like it's a piano and he's going the opposite of the way of the road. He's just having a good time. Throws a cigarette in the back. The car catches on fire. Turns into a nightmare scenario and it's just ridiculous. And then Steve Martin punches him in the gun. And it's like, hey, when they get back to the hotel, it's like, hey, that's how Houdini died. Don't punch me like that. It's just it's just some good fun. I know it sounds a little zany, but there is a heartfelt message at the end. It gets really serious at one point. I love this movie because it is the only Thanksgiving movie and... It's Steve Martin and John Candy. Like, come on. So do you... Did I sell it to you? Did I sell it? Did I sell it? You sold the original to me. Do you think that Kevin Hart and Will Smith can live up to that hype? I... I think... That's going to be a no. (laughs) Well, you you know, you can't... can't, Do I think it's going to be good? I wish like i i don't know and that's the number one i don't know and i i don't watch i don't watch a lot of kevin hart movies because like i like his stand-up more than his movies but you know this this might be one i see i i like just because it's the remake and it's not i just have i have questions about the dynamic between kevin hart and will smith like i imagine will smith is going to be the business serious man and Kevin Hart's going to be the entrepreneur that's kind of annoying, really nice, like annoyingly nice, and is going to soften Will Smith's heart in a way. And for that, I if it doesn't, this movie will do justice if the, there's a lot of physical comedy. I don't want comedy about like, oh, like your 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 breath is stanky and you you smell like you smell like you know taint i don't know it's just i want i want the the comedy of you know john candy having his hand in between two pillows and then steve martin they're sleeping in the same bed says those aren't pillows and then they both jump up and they start twitching and then they start talking about football to get off the topic that john candy had his hand in between steve martin's butt cheeks (laughs) i want i want that i want that kind of like goofy but physical comedy to happen like watching john candy drive while plant listening to the mess around is it is just gold it's comedy gold and maybe i just sound like a 40 year old man but deep down i am and i love it so do you think let let's just think about i the- think i think this i think this movie i'll just say it, i think this movie should get a remake okay i, so I think this is a movie that can be re- remade with the remake do you think is so your bet is on Will Smith being the businessman, Kevin Hart being the more goofy one. What if the roles are reversed and Kevin Hart Oof. is a serious businessman and Will Smith is the older entrepreneur that never really got it to stick, but keeps trying, keeps pushing. And we get 90s Will Smith kind of movement and, and kind of okay. sense of humor. And then he eventually opens Kevin Hart up to that sense, like that sense of humor that he has see the my reluctance on this movie isn't so much kevin hart it's more will smith and i know like people say he was great in aladdin which i agree he was great in a lot he was arguably the best part of that film Mm -hmm. but i still don't think will smith is the same man he was in the 90s i think he's grown up a lot and i think he can't he can't get back into that mind space. Like he has a YouTube channel where he posts up that's promotional and he tries to do fun. And he, he like his, his genuine, his genuine kind heartedness is so different from seeing him be wacky in the nineties that it's kind of jarring and it's not, he's done serious roles like uh, pursuit of happiness is great fantastic movie for will smith i am legend great but those are serious roles that have kind of shifted my idea of will smith so i think my reluctance is more on will smith if you give him the wacky zany guy i don't think it's gonna be good i think kevin hart can nail a serious guy absolutely 
But I don't think Will Smith in the zany role, even though we saw him in Aladdin, I just don't think he's 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 a shell of his former self in comedies. As a dramatic actor, Will Smith is great. I have no problem with that. But man, uh, my my doubts on this movie sit with how they cast the characters and the comedy. I have no, I I like I like Kevin. I like Kevin Hart's comedy. Like I said, I don't watch a lot of his movies, but I have. I have faith that, you know, this duo can do it. I just give them in the roles that they were born to play. Don't put Will Smith as as John Candy's character. Don't do it. Please. He's supposed to be Steve Martin. And if you don't agree, then we can't be friends. (laughs) What does kind of worry me is that the film is being produced by Will Smith and Kevin Hart's production companies. So it's not even like they got cast in someone else's movie like they came up with this idea and are creating it themselves and i don't know man like from what from what experiences i can remember when someone creates or like puts on a movie like this like a remake of something and another studio isn't willing to buy it or maybe they just never really pitched it Um, but if they're putting it on themselves that feels like it wasn't a good enough idea for a major studio to purchase it that they had to put it on themselves. That's my one bias going into this. Well, I'll, I'll raise you and say that maybe that's a good thing because studios have a tendency to really screw up remakes. Like people who are passionate about projects usually, usually do a good job. Like Deadpool is the prime example. Deadpool did great. And Ryan Reynolds had to fight tooth and nail to get, is it teeth and nail or tooth and nail? Tooth and nail. Tooth and nail. Yeah. <laughs> so Ryan Reynolds had to fight that to get to get just Deadpool one at like green lit. And it was amazing. But, you know, as far as content, you know, there's not a lot in that movie, but it's so good. And it sort of come from passion. So I imagine like between Kevin Hart and Will Smith, like one of these two is super passionate about it, or both of them are, in which case I think it's going to be better than the studio version because, you know, we saw how well Warner Brothers did with uh, Justice League. That's fair. Okay, you bring up a fair point. I raise you. <laughs> <laughs> and then one of our final stories is that the Kenobi series is reportedly beginning shoots next month for the twenty twenty one for a twenty twenty one release date. So, John, are you excited for Kenobi to continue uh, shooting? Man, I I have wanted the project like this for Ewan McGregor to come back and reprise his role. I've wanted it for so long, and I got really hopeful when it was going to be a movie. But then I got even more hopeful when it was going to be a like a uh, show that could actually like commit the time and energy to the characters that it deserved. I I know that it's gone through some trouble with with script rewrites and um, trying to get into production limbo. But I man. I just, I really cannot wait for this project. I'm really excited about it. Yeah. It, it seems like, uh, I, I saw another movie that was resuming or another TV show that was resuming production next month. So it seems, it seems like a lot of production is continuing on, uh, in the month of September, which is good news. Cause like we haven't, we haven't gotten any news about this stuff. So, which is why we've, not really had we've had to go between star wars and zack snyder and all that good stuff for this past summer but yeah this is the kind of stuff that gives you hope that maybe we're going back to some normalcy i mean what what i wonder too is where they're filming it because i know a lot of studios film in atlanta um and i don't see that happening with how bad george's numbers are getting with with the virus but if they're filming in like toronto or somewhere up in canada or maybe somewhere um, like in a uh, like isolated studio out west somewhere, they could probably um, probably get away with having more people together. Um, kind of just I don't know I don't know I I think with with COVID they're better off more, more productions are better off not shooting in the U.S., which kind of sucks. <laughs> um, but I I I think with the environments they're going for. Canada could probably do well um, or maybe somewhere out in the Midwest um, to get the Tatooine kind of look. 
I don't think Canada is going to take Americans because I know there's a big thing with that where Canadians are like, nope, nope, no Americans. Absolutely not. Like, they're really strict at the border for that kind of stuff right now. It's like, you have to quarantine. But I, I did... I do remember reading an article that said there was a particular state or region, I forget, you know, but I remember there's like places that are trying to give out tax credits for productions like, hey, move your production here, please. Yeah. I mean, you already packed up, so just bring it on over here. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't see it filming in Atlanta in in a studio like I'm sure a lot of productions have been. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays into it. If the locations are any different than what they had originally envisioned um i don't know man like i just i think ewan mcgregor was golden in that role i as long as they don't try and shoehorn in a bunch of other references to other characters and other stories like as long as they just make it a good solid standalone story like they did with the mandalorian season one i'm gonna be really happy with it yeah i i would agree like he's in so many good things there was another story that i just remembered and i'm typing it in right now um about (laughs) about the new movie that ewan mcgregor was cast in do you want to take a shot because i think you might know it the new movie he was just cast in yes um guillermo uh, del toro is in it oh he's oh he's the one he's the one cast he's the one who's doing the film pacific rim three no, <laughs> no, with Ewan McGregor. I mean, that'd be great, but no. That's what I'm saying. No, um, no, I, I don't know what project is, are they doing. Pinocchio. Oh, oh, is he going to be Geppetto? Uh, I, I forget. I think he. No, he's playing uh the cricket. Oh, okay. I have not watched Pinocchio in a very long time like that's probably one of the first movies i saw as a kid and a couple of times when i first formed my early memories and i did not like rewatch it a bunch like when i was seven or eight or nine I probably saw it a lot when i was five or four so, yeah yeah uh so here's some of the ca- tilda swinton kate mm-hmm. blanchett on are on this project which is nuts and ewan mcgregor and i, I guess this is like a huge like dream project for Guillermo Guillermo del Toro. So I mean that's that's crazy. Oh, that's right, Jiminy Cricket. That's yeah. the name. Yeah, idiot. Who else is in this? Christoph Waltz. Okay. John Turturro. Ron Perlman. What? Oh my gosh! Yeah, they. This is gonna be a darker uh, Pinocchio. <laughs> Ron Perlman. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's that's like I saw. I read this story and I forgot about the Ron Perlman and Christoph Waltz thing, but I remember reading it. Um, John Turturro, geez, like this is gonna be a nuts project. I don't understand how Guillermo del Toro gets like these, these, these actors, and these projects. He's just like a mad genius. I mean, he and Ron Perlman are already really close. So he, Ron Perlman was going to be in this no matter what. Um, I've seen a couple interviews with him where he just talks nothing but good things about Gilmer, yeah, Del Toro. (laughs) Um, I can't talk right now for some reason. (laughs) Please don't die, Chris. Um, But you're gonna have to cut this out. Oh my god! (laughs) I I was drinking water. (laughs) That was so funny. Chris is, oh. you, you might actually die. Okay. Okay, you're good. Nice. Man. Oh no, man. That's all staying in. Don't worry about it. No, okay. Let's let's keep that in. I mean, this is the end of the show. This is if you're still with us, you might as well ride ride this disaster of a of a <laughs> of a of a of a turn, you know? Right into the right into the uh the checkerboard, you know? Yep. Oh, what were you saying? No, I mean, Ron Perlman and Del Toro already have a great relationship. And the rest of the names, I think, just kind of fall into place. They, It seems like a lot of those those actors like the more outlier kind of projects that really get like meaty characters. So it, 
having all of those names together gives me hope for that. Um, oh my gosh. Which it's David Bradley as Geppetto, who's Walder Frey, you know, and yeah. Finch. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's going to be real dark. This is with Tilda Swin and Kate Blanchett. Nothing that's, you know, like they're nice ladies, but like they, they're in their roles. They play like some really powerful women who scare the shit out of you. Like this movie <laughs> is going to be off the wall nuts. Oh, like man. it's going to be haunting, but I hope it's really good. That might be my first Disney live action film that I'm excited for. Is it? Di- no, this, this it's uh, it's not going to be Disney. Well, I mean, but it, it's a Disney property that's done in a live it, action. It's a it's not a but it's that's the thing. It's not a Disney. Pro, it's not a Disney story. Oh, okay. It's, so they're taking like the core idea of Pinocchio. Yeah, because this is a this is like a fairy tale. This is a a fairy tale, basically. Like there's a. Oh, is it like, like Grim Brothers Pin- type of story? uh there was a pinocchio made in like the 90s but pinocchio from disney was made in like what the 30s i think it was that pinocchio was the second movie that they ever made and i think it was pinocchio was made in the 30s by by walt disney yeah oh yeah it was originally a book from 1883 okay yes 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 okay so yeah it's so this pinocchio uh remake ha- doesn't have to do anything with disney because it's what do they call it it's uh what is it when a property is can be used by anyone oh my gosh yeah public domain public domain yeah i would imagine this is one of those scenarios which is kind of crazy uh, when is when is uh, mickey going to be public domain um well i think they they have to stop making productions with it for x amount of years and it has to be like I think it's like 150 years after it's it, after it was first created. At least it's with this oh way boy, with we music. Got time. Yeah, it, at least it's we that way with music, where it's like 150 years after this song is first published that it becomes public domain. Um, I don't know if it works the same with film, but yeah, yeah. we got we got at least another 30, 40 years before. Uh, 150 years. 150 in years. Music? Then how did John Williams get away with copying Anton Dvorak and his world New World Symphony with the Jaws theme? You know what I'm talking about. Dun, dun, I mean, look, dun, 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 dun. huh? It, you know what I'm talking about? I do. It's probably just a fun little nod that he called it that, and it's John. I Williams. love John. I love John. We know him on a first name basis. John, great work, but you did Dvorak dirty. It's not the new world, not the new, not the new Megalodon or whatever. Who who are you going to, who is going to try and sue John Williams is my biggest question. The worst company on earth. I swear to, I swear to God, if there is a drama after his death, if there is someone who coming after that money you know the Star Wars fans are gonna are gonna raise hell for that man. We yep. will die, Un- unless it comes out that he diddled kids, and then that in that case we can't. But <laughs> man, that would be heartbreaking. You think of a, a scandal that's gonna happen to somebody if it ever happened to John Williams? I'd be devastated. Like you know, people are like I can't listen to to um, R. Kelly music. Yeah, what am I gonna do? I I wouldn't like. I'm still going to listen to Star Wars. It's just going to be tainted. Or maybe I won't. I don't know. Maybe it would be so sad. Oh. Oh. What a, ter- what a terrible way to end this. I think it's a great way. I think we should just go out right now. You sadistic person. You and Guillermo del Toro. <laughs> just leave right where we talk about John Williams diddling little kids. That's That's oh. a perfect way to end the show. You know what? Maybe in some parallel universe, sure. Well, Kevin Spacey will pre- will appreciate this ending. I know that at least. Oh. All right. So for everyone, <laughs> turned it on you, didn't I? <laughs> well, for for everyone out there, including Kevin Spacey, wherever you are, uh, thanks for joining in with us. <laughs> we'll see you next week. John will be in charge of the show. Bye. Bye.